Well, thank you again for being here. And now I have the privilege and honor to introduce Pastor Christy Somito, who will be our guest speaker this morning. Yay! She comes from the Jesus Church um, on Oahu. So here you go, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, friend. Good morning, Grace Bible, uh, Kauai Bible Church. I'm sorry, Kauai Bible Church. It's such a privilege to be here with you all. I love your church. I love your pastors. And just being here, we, I basically, this is kind of like, you know, you have those relatives that are like your auntie or your uncle. You stay at their house every once in a while. I grew up sort of at this church. Um, our church was called Grace Bible Church West Oahu. That's why I say Grace Bible. But um, Kauai Bible Church has always been there. We've had youth camps growing up. I came pretty much every year when they had it. I can remember Snotty Knows Me on the altar right there, getting life-changed moments right there, you know, spending time and getting to know different ones. And it's just been a super blessing. And Today, Pastor Aaron, he is, he's telling me this exciting series you are all on, on the Holy Spirit. And so today's theme for myself is going to be on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm very excited about that. So turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 21. I'm going to just read some of the scriptures to give us a basis of what we're going to be talking about today. It says, I'm going to be reading from the, new, um, the NIV version. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Now, this is right after Jesus. He started his ministry, got baptized by John the Baptist. The Spirit came like a dove upon him, and he was commissioned by the Spirit to go into the wilderness, and he was tested for 40 days. So after that whole ordeal, this is where we find ourselves, where Jesus returned from that time in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as it was custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And it says he rolled it up and then he sat back down and said, this is today the scripture has been fulfilled. Another scripture that I would like to read is in Acts 1 verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he, Jesus, was with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you about, oh, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Someone say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Today, the sermon title that God put on my heart is the sermon title, Unleashed. Unleashed. That God is desiring to release his power through his church, through his people. And I was excited when God gave me that word, unleashed. I was like, yeah! I don't know if you are the type of people that like to do crazy things or that you, you know, unleash the beast type of like, let it out. You know, let's just do something radical. But for myself, I'm not really that, there's part of me that's like that. But the other side of me, I was reminded that God spoke to me that unleashed is kind of like a dog. 
And when your pastor, when he comes to Oahu for our pastor's meeting every month, we get to fellowship. And there are several topics that we always reoccurringly talk about. One of them are dogs. Their family has a wonderful dog named Wanda. And so they love the Avengers. We talk about the Avengers. We also like to talk about food. We like to talk about football. We like to talk about weightlifting. So today I'm going to talk about a little bit of all those things. But first, let's talk about dogs. So recently my mom, Pastor Gail, she was w w driving down the road and she saw this four-way busy intersection, all these cars going, and she saw this man. She loves dogs, so she noticed this man walking his dog. And this dog looked like a different dog. It was being trained like a, sp a service dog. And so she saw this man and this dog, and it was a beautiful dog. And she saw it on, on its leash, and they were walking, and he stops. This man stops at this four-way intersection, unleashes the dog, tells the dog to stay. He walks across the intersection, and then he... And the dog is still there. The dog's eyes are fixed on its master. And the, the master, he stands on the other side, and he's just standing there while the dog is just like in full, like his ears are perked, and he's just watching, watching. And my mom was just like, oh, my goodness, this dog is amazing because if the dog were to step over to go a different way, it would get, you know, hurt. And she was just watching to see what would happen. And so the master, he waited a few minutes, and the dog was ready. And then all of a sudden, the master just gave a simple signal, and then the dog in perfect timing where the cars were, it was safe to cross. He crossed over to his master. And I was just like, wow, isn't that an example of the Holy Spirit and unleashing his power? That it's not this, when we think of the power of the Holy Spirit, I can remember being in services just like this one. And they would have these altar calls to receive the impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit. And people would be like, you know, people were shaking, people are screaming, people are falling on the floor. And I can remember sitting, I mean, it was going to be my turn and I was freaked out. And I was like, oh my goodness, I hope I don't fall down. I hope I don't embarrass myself. Oh, all these thoughts that were in my head. But as I grew older, learned about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not this impersonal force that will just come upon you and like, like you can't control anything. No, it's the Holy Spirit again is a person. A loving person. Kind of reminds me talking about the Avengers like the Hulk awesome, but it's a soft teddy bear on the inside. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. He will not force his power, his influence, but he's just waiting for us to invite him in. And he does such an amazing work in our lives, but it's as we have that relationship. Talking about just hearing and obeying the Holy Spirit, that's what it's about. And as, okay, talked about dogs, talking about that obedience, talking about unleashing, God is wanting to train us so that he can entrust us with his power. So he cannot entrust us with the privileges of freedom to do things, to go out and represent him if we are not in submission and obedience. Because the power comes for his mission and for his purpose. Jesus was empowered to do all of those things for the Father's purpose, for his mission. The same way with us. We are empowered to be on God's, the Father's business, his mission. Amen? And talking about the Avengers, it was funny because in our... In our youth, when the Avengers were pretty popular, we had some youth that were really, really into the Avengers, you know, all the superheroes. If you are not familiar, there's a bunch of superheroes that get together and form like this ultra superhero gang. And there, a lot of these actors are, okay, we have some girls in our youth and they were crazy about these male Avenger actors. 
good looking, whatever. And so we asked them, oh, which is your favorite Avenger? And one of the youth, you know, some would say, oh, it's Thor because his gorgeous hair. The other one would say, oh, no, it's Hulk because his muscles. Oh, no, it's Captain America, the all-American good-hearted guy. So everyone has their tastes and preferences. But this one girl, she had the most brilliant answer I ever heard. I said, who's your favorite superhero Avenger? And she goes, she's really quiet. She goes, all the Chris's. And you have to understand the Avengers, the actors' names, there's, there's three Chris's. Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor. Chris Pratt, who's Star-Lord. And Chris Evans, who is Captain America. So for her, she said, my favorite superhero are all the Chris's. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's a brilliant answer. So today, God put on my heart to talk about three Marys. <laughs> so we're going to talk about three Marys. And how, when we think of characters in the Bible who exude the power of God, we often don't think of these characters But I believe that God is wanting to speak to us that these characters illustrate not so much the power of the Holy Spirit, but the preparation for the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a look at their lives. So the first Mary, we think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus. If there ever was someone who stewarded the ultimate power, the very person of Jesus Christ himself, it was Mary. And her heart and her attitude toward the Lord, when the angel of the Lord gave her an assignment, the word of the Lord, that you will bear a son and that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit that this miraculous thing was going to happen to her. She was a virgin. She, she was like, how could this possibly be? But it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus came in her life. And her attitude and that posture of heart that said, whatever your will is, God, I am your handmaiden. Let it be as you have said. That faith to just receive it and be willing to sacrifice. I'm going to use this word to associate with Mary. Her whole life. Her whole life was given to God. Her whole life. Her future. She was a teenager at that time. She had plans. She had, you know, cultural, social things that were going to be affected by this. Being unmarried, being pregnant. What is everyone going to think? Let me tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit is something that only spiritual understands. Spiritual, natural will not understand it all the time. And being willing to say, okay, God, take my whole life, whatever my future looks like, whatever my preferences might look like. In the natural, it might not make sense, but God, are you willing? I am willing. Let me be used to steward your power. So that's the first Mary. Second Mary. We think of Mary in the Bible. There's Mary of Bethany. How many of you like Mary of Bethany? She's one of my favorite characters. Yes, Mary of Bethany. She's one of my favorite characters because she is, um, she had two siblings, so there were three of them. And I always gravitated toward her character because I have two siblings as well. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Mary had Martha and she had Lazarus. And this character of Mary, she's known for two different things. The first thing she's known for is she was known to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, this was at a time where when teachers, they would do their teachings, they would sit down and then they would have their disciples around them. And it said that Jesus was teaching at the house of Martha. So Martha was probably the oldest and I have an older sister. So, and the story of Mary and Martha is when Jesus was at their house, Martha was busy with housework, busy doing things, busy, busy, busy. But Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha told Jesus, hey, have the younger sister help me out here. Jesus said, no, she has chosen the good part, the better thing, the right thing. And then so he commended Mary. And I was like, and I just kind of took that attitude as like, you know, yes, younger siblings are awesome. (laughs) But that heart to just be at the feet of Jesus, this was at a time where women were not trained in school. They were usually just trained at home to be housekeepers, to be mothers, to be wives. 
but she was listening at this teacher's feet. And she was just listening. And that idea of soaking in every word that Jesus was saying, it didn't matter what things needed to be done. The most important thing was the person of Jesus hearing his voice, just getting his heart, and just being present. So the, the word associated with her, Mary, the mother of Jesus, it was the whole life. Mary, she was known for, I'm going to use this word, love. You know, when you love somebody, it doesn't matter what fun things you get to do. Like the power of the spirit is awesome. Praying for people, they get instantly healed or, you know, going out on adventures, on mission trips. Those are great and exciting things. But the most important thing is caring for the person themselves where they don't have to do anything. You're just in their presence. You just enjoy sharing heart to heart. The power of that relationship. Also, Mary the mother, I mean, Mary of Bethany, she's not only known for sitting at Jesus' feet, it says in John, she was the one named who was the one who poured the alabaster jar of oil, precious perfume, on Jesus' feet. She anointed it, rubbed it with her hair. And then it said that Judas and different other ones, they mocked her. They said, you know, they, they chided her for wasting a year's worth of expensive perfume on Jesus' feet. And so this idea of love is not only just enjoying the presence, enjoying the, the getting to know you as a person, but it's also sacrifice. She was willing to sacrifice the best of what she had. And I don't know about you, but has God ever had moments, given you moments in your life where there was something you really, 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 really wanted? And then you were praying to God, Lord, you know, I, I desire this. And he was giving you this test of, do you love it or do you love me more? Do you want what you want or are you willing to lay that down and throw it at my feet, break it open, break your heart open, break your dreams open, break everything, the most precious thing to you, give it to me is worship. If you're willing to do that. And it says that Jesus, he commended this woman and her act of worship. And he says it is going to be told as a testament to her. And even till today, it's being told as a memorial to her that that is what Jesus is looking for. A heart that is willing to just say, I am the most important thing. I am the most important thing. So we give our life, we give our love to Jesus. And then third Mary, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the woman that you know, when after Jesus, he was crucified and he was put in a tomb. She was the one who was there just looking for him and mourning that he was no longer with her. And then Jesus appeared to her first. The first appearance of Jesus when he rose again. This awesome opportunity. He chose not to reveal himself to his disciples, but to this woman who was just there weeping and searching for Jesus. Wanting to take care of his body, his dead, broken body. And Jesus reveals himself to her and he tells her, you know, he reveals himself. But she doesn't know that that's him because she's so distraught. And he, she thinks he's the gardener. He's just like, Mary, you know, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she's like, oh, they've taken my master. Just tell me where they have laid him and I'll go get him. And I thought that was really funny because this is Mary. And I know that some women are really like She-Hulk. But this is like she was thinking, okay, if somebody stole Jesus' dead body. I'm going to take it back. I can just imagine the picture of that kind of not really being like, but bless her heart. That was her heart to do it, to take care of the body of Jesus. And so Jesus saw her heart, that she was willing to just be there and just take care of even what it was his lifeless body. And he said, and not only did he just visit her and he called her by name and he said, Mary, and she says this word, she calls him Rabboni or teacher. 
And then she said, teacher. And then he said, I want you, he gives her an assignment. I want you to go tell about what you have seen and heard to my disciples. So she was the first evangelist to tell about the gospel that Jesus is alive. He didn't just die for us. He's alive and he's alive today. So, okay, Mary, mother of Jesus. She had her life, Mary of Bethany. She had her love, this Mary. She had labor. She was called to the harvest work of the Lord to declare the gospel of Jesus. And if you can remember, just as Mary of Bethany, it was at a time where women in particular were not educated. They were seen as the lowest part of society. But Jesus said, I have given you a mission to partner with me to share the gospel, the good news of salvation, and to be able to speak publicly, not just to other women, but to all people, young, old, I don't care if they had the greatest education. I don't care if they had the best job. That's your job to preach the gospel. And he was looking for someone to entrust the power of the gospel, the power of the word, to be able to be faithful, to just declare it out. Just be faithful. And he knew that she would because she had the heart to do it. Talking about how, you know, just thinking about these characters, thinking about how God, you know, he prepares us. He desires for us to be, he desires to pour, pour his power out. Let's read some other scriptures here. It says in Mark 16, verse 20, and the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. That the whole thing about power is that it goes with proclamation of the gospel, that God always backs up his word. His word is power. And that I was just being blessed by your announcements earlier before service, how, you know, there's a Bible reading marathon, that there are places that you can go to really study the word of God, to small groups being rooted, being planted in the word of God, being transformed by the word of God. And how that is really, not to think of that as a little thing, the power of the gospel, the power of the word of God. By the word of God, the universe was created. By the word of God, salvation is being brought to people. By the word of God, it changes life and death, the ability to have resurrection powers in the word. And it's not just any word. It's the word that the Holy Spirit tells you to say. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And it takes, just like the body of Christ, it was dead until the Spirit gave life to it. The Spirit has the idea of living, something living, something alive and present and powerful. And that is, you have to get the form that has to be, it's like that clay vessel in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay, in these clay pots, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And we just have to remember that we are just clay pots just being available for the Holy Spirit as we prepare our hearts to just want to be a part of his mission, be a part of what he is doing. Because let me tell you, this is the secret to the power of God. God's power is connected to God's purpose, which is always connected to the person of Jesus Christ, to the person of the Holy Spirit. That the things that God is wanting us to do, sometimes we think of power, we have to like conjure up this faith, conjure up like this, this like, oh, I got to pray harder, I got to do this, I got to do that. But the Holy Spirit is saying, just wait, chill out, hear what I'm doing, be a part of that, because that's what the power is. Wherever I am at, that's where the power is. We have these solar panels on our house recently. A few years ago, we installed them, and for two years, 
it was not working because it was not properly connected. And so what in the past, we just recently found out, so I had to figure out, I had to go on the website, figure out how to connect it, and it was funny because the company that had installed it ran out of business. And so it got bought out, and then they had a whole new program that I had to install, and it was just this whole long, arduous process. Even the website itself, to, the tech help was not working. It was outdated. And then it was this process, but God was speaking to me that the power, there was nothing wrong with the panels. The power is there. Sometimes the problem is the connection. So that's why you have to have a present relationship with Jesus every moment, every day. It has to be fresh. It has to be fresh. And the beauty of it is that as we get connected, then the power starts to flow. And as we get connected, that's where the effect comes and the house is full of light. I would like to share a little bit about some testimonies that from a recent conference that I just came from. Um, the other, how God, the Holy Spirit, how he works and how he leads us and teaches us. So we, my sister and I, we like to, you know, keep up with this network. They're Christ for All Nations network. They have a mission, particularly in Africa. They have evangelism and conferences and, and crusades all over the world. And at this, we were, you know, we keep touch on them on social media. We hear their sermons once in a while. And then there was this invitation that they gave for a revival conference. This is going to be something really special. A conference that they were bringing together different ministers from the different revivals. The Argentinian revival, the Canadian revival, and all these different ones. And they said, God, we're asking you for a revival again for America. And this was going to be something really special. And so my sister and I, we just felt, okay, we felt the word of the Lord that, yeah, I mean, there are great things out there, great conferences, but we just felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to be at this conference. So we said, okay. And it was coming up really soon. And in faith, we were just like, okay, you know, let's plan. Let's try to figure out our schedule and see if we can make it happen. And so we were in faith, you know, looking and praying. And then, of course, we ask our spiritual authority, our mother. And she tells us that I will, I, I don't know about this, you know, pray about it some more. But if, she gave the stipulation, if you can get some other women to maybe go with you, she would feel better and that she would feel that this is what God wants us to do. So we're like, okay, fine. So we said, okay, so we prayed about it. God put three women on our hearts. And they have a, a call to intercession in particular. So we're just like, okay, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God. And Lo and behold, God worked out. Some of them got a new job that they were like, we can't take off, but we're going to ask some of them. Like two of them got new jobs. They couldn't. The other one, it's tax season, right? So she couldn't get off of work. And she was like, oh, but we're praying. And God miraculously started making a way. And all three of them said, okay, we bought our tickets like the week of. (laughs) And then it was just amazing how God started bringing provision as we were just stepping out in faith. And so we're just taking one step after the other after the other. And God just started opening up windows. We didn't have money. But then we were like, some of us had miles. And then somebody from our church, they donated miles to help us get one way. And then God was just bringing about, and so we configured it. We had to fly in from Oahu to Kauai to Denver to Georgia. And we drove down from Georgia to Pensacola, Florida. It was a trip. But let me tell you something. It takes effort. But the Holy Spirit will meet you there. And God gave us divine opportunities along the way. The first opportunity was, besides the 21 plus hours of travel, when we finally get to the airport in, in Denver, um, we, we get to the car rental place because we knew we had to drive down. So we were, got to the car place. We had a two-hour drive to where our B&B was. And when we get to the counter, they said, the, this, we were waiting for quite a while, like, a, like 40 minutes. A guy comes out. The line was stuck. He says, I'm sorry, everyone, but we ran out of cars. This was Labor Day weekend. 
And then we were like, what do you mean you ran out of cars? He goes like, you know, people, when they get cars, they don't return them on time. So they just, everybody ran out of cars. So everyone in line was just like, oh my goodness. And he, we, we were like, okay, what do we do? We started looking at other car rental places. We, next door, we tried to find the place. Every single car rental company from at the airport to around the area was all booked out. They had no cars. And we were like, what is this? What in the world? And we're like, God, you called us here. God, you cannot leave us stranded. God, oh my goodness. But I was so proud of everyone. They didn't pull out the ante, excuse me, sir, and be like, you know, like, yeah, give some attitude. Because there were people that were getting hostile in line. There were people that were just like, and even the workers there, they didn't even say oh, sorry. They just said, I'm sorry, there is nothing we can do. You're just going to have to wait, and it might take three hours. What part of three hours don't you understand? If you see three hours, what part doesn't comprehend in your brain? And they were just getting like, ah! But the Holy Spirit, I tell you, you know, righteousness, peace, joy, you know, like keeping us calm in this situation. Trusting in the Holy Spirit to be a good testimony to these workers. But let me tell you something. When we were there, when it was our turn to finally talk to someone, just anyone, this lady turns out, she goes, IDs, please. Show the IDs. Oh, you're from Hawaii. We're like, yes. She goes, I'm from Hawaii. I just moved here three months ago. And they're like, thank you, Jesus, for a connection and favor. So Hawaii, I tell you, it's the gateway. But not only Hawaii, but we were just like, oh, we told her, you know, small talk, we were waiting for quite a while, like two and a half hours, but we were just waiting, being patient, praying. We even were thinking, like, maybe we have to get a hotel in this airport, maybe we have to stay over, maybe we have to wait the whole night, blah, blah, blah. But we were like, no, Jesus, take the wheel. And so this lady, she goes, okay, what are you here for? We said, it's for a conference, you know, a revival conference. She goes, oh, Jesus, mercy, we need a van. And we were like, thank you, Jesus, for the connection. So she went out of her way to just try to find us something. She tells us later on, well, there's going to be a van coming that you're going to have to go to this place. She didn't even finish our paperwork. She says, go run to that place. A van just got dropped off. Run in, and I don't care what they tell you. Sit in that van. That's your van. And we were just like, okay. So we just go. And it was just like we had to pass all these other people who were waiting. But you were like, no, this is what God told us to do. So we get there. A van miraculously pulls up. It wasn't just any car. It wasn't a truck. It was a van that we needed. It had exactly the amount of seats we needed for our luggage and everything. And we get there, and we're just like, we just saw the Red Sea part. And we drove off in that van with God's provision. And we said, you know what? God is so faithful. And that was just the beginning that, you know, different things went wrong at that trip, the little hiccups. But we always came back to you, but we got a van. And God provided, and he wants us here. When we get to the conference, there was, it was an evangelism conference of revival. When they talk about revival, we think of the Holy Spirit fire and just like miracles happening, which they did, but it was like a ramp up. Where God at the beginning, he was doing things, he was shaking things up and saying, you know what, I want you not to think about how I did things in the past. Those who have been a part of revivals, how I would do things, it's going to be different this time. So we're just waiting, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, expecting him, expecting him. But he was, as I was at that altar call, just believing God for just to blow my mind, he came in such a subtle way like a dove. And remember, when Jesus was, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at first, before the fire and the wind and the upper room it was a dove, that intimate whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, I am with you, I am here, and as we align our hearts and just let the dove come, because I don't know if you've ever, like, tried to feed pigeons or something like that. Have you ever tried to put your food in your hand and try to, like, here, pigeon, 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 pigeon? Do you think anything was going to happen? But my cousin, he knew the, the secret. He was just sitting there with the food in his hand, and eventually a pigeon or a dove came. And so as we're just still and just trusting in what God's word says, we're not striving. It's not us. 
It's as the Holy Spirit, what his will, what his desire is that he's going to do. So he came, and I just, this suddenly, like, this desire, and then the fire of God. I thought it was going to come, like, you know, Elijah, the pillar of fire, just consuming things. And, like, I was like, yeah, but I was just like, no, it didn't happen like that. It happened the last day of the conference where it was a, the speaker who was going to come up. He just felt the worship atmosphere was just God wanted to do something different. So he kind of let the worship play out, and we just lingered in that moment, in that presence, and it became quiet. The worship, the musicians faded out, and then all of a sudden, you can hear every single person in that room. It was like a 11,000-people 11, arena, and it was just these people, holy hush, could hear a pin drop. And all of a sudden, the fire came where we heard people just continuing to worship, even without the worship music. And it was the people who were speaking in tongues, people just crying out and repenting, people just saying, God, we need you, we need you, we need you. And it was kind of like this. God reminded me of my grandpa, how he taught me how to light a hibachi. So you light a hibachi, by you get your coals, and you get some paper or something that is more flammable, and then you light that up and you get a fan. And you light the paper first, you get the fan, and then eventually the coals from the paper fire it'll catch on fire the coals will catch on fire and once the coals catch on fire then you can kind of let the fan fade away and it'll catch and in that holy hush and in that moment the music the prophecy the the speaking and the preachers the charismatic personalities were like the fan they were just fanning something getting it started stirring yourself up but then it came a point where the coals caught on fire and every single heart was just saying god we want you we need you we don't need the hype we need you and in that moment, it took it from that moment to then all of a sudden there was a moment where the Holy Spirit said, now we can do the fun stuff. The fun stuff. People were with cuttings, you know, people in their arms. There was an altar call for people who had that and God wanted to do a healing work. They got healed. They showed people that the scars were gone, that God could do a redeeming work. People who were deaf, they were praying for people who had deafness in their ears. Different ones stood up. And then he said in the whole room that he was just emphasizing that God loves you. God loves you. And that what we're going to do, church, with the faith that arose in that room, he said, we're going to say this word, pop. On one, two, three, pop. And then when he said that, different ones, all you can hear is, I can hear. There were maybe like seven different ones. And you can just see. And the one was right by us, this man. And it was funny, a funny story that my sister, she, I'm the, we have different gifting. She's very prophetic, very prophetic. And God speaks to her. And so God was trying to train her in how to hear him in the whisper, to be obedient and all kinds of things he told her to do throughout the conference. Just like wear a Christian t-shirt. I don't want to wear the Christian t-shirt. Don't wear makeup. I don't want to, I want to wear makeup. These little things of obedience, he was testing her. And this opportunity, when that moment came and they said pop, right before that, God spoke to her and he pointed out this gentleman right next to us. And she looked at him and she saw that he had the faith to be healed. And she heard the Holy Spirit say, that one's going to be healed. And so she was like, okay. And, he, and the Holy Spirit told her, I want you to go and lay your hands on him and pray for him. But she, we were in the back row, and the seats were all connected. And she goes, but Lord, if I go, I cannot, I'm stuck. Because we were in the middle, and there were people on the sides. I would have to leap over this chair and not be, like, feminine-like. And I would, and there was, not only that, there was a photographer who was just taking pictures, and she was in the perfect position to catch the shot if this man got healed. And she goes, but I'll block the shot. And then all of a sudden, when all that happened in a split second, and then right when she thought that, and she didn't go, she, the man got healed. And we said, pop. It happened, and then God spoke to her and said, I was just trying to teach you to be obedient in the little things. And there's a moment of opportunity that we have. But God gave her another opportunity to pray for somebody else. But it just teaching us that 
God is in the now. He is doing things in the now. And that we just have to be ready for when the Holy Spirit comes and he wants to flow through a people that are willing with hearts that are open, ears that are attentive, and with the faith to obey and just step out and watch the miraculous happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can believe it. We can anticipate it because God is doing a work. And what we got from that conference was that God can use each and every one of us. When we left that conference, it was just so refreshing. We went to Walmart. We went to lunch. We see people with their wristbands from the conference praying for random people. And we're like, that's revival. That's the power and the move of God. How much time do you usually have? <laughs> okay, I have a few more minutes. So, again, how God is speaking to us and how he usually does things we do not expect. For our church, just to give you a little background, we are on the island of Oahu. We originally started our church on the west side, but through COVID, God brought us into town, the heart of town. And we've been at this church facility meeting at another church's building. We have an 8 o'clock service. They have a 10 o'clock service. Just about a month ago, God opened a door for us at another church to possibly do a move, a transition. And it's in the heart of Chinatown. And if you do not know Oahu, that's kind of like the ghettos. And so I had this experience a few, a few months ago where I was at a Chinese restaurant and then some of the people in our church, they wanted to fellowship, they wanted to have lunch. And I was just like, okay, where do you guys want to go? Where's a place big enough for all of us? And one of them said, let's go to a dim sum restaurant. And they were all excited, but you have to understand me, dim sum is not really my jam. I, I'm Japanese, not necessarily Chinese, and Communal eating is usually not my thing. Dim sum where there's things inside of there that I do not know what they are. I just, I don't know, it doesn't feed my tank very well. But they were just like, no, let's go to, go to this dim sum place. And because I'm a pastor and I love people, I was just like, okay, let's go, sheep, let's go. So we go to this dim sum restaurant. And I was like, you know what? It was the most stressful eating experience of my entire life. Because this Chinese restaurant, what they would do is, it was, they, none of them spoke English. And they would try to like force feed you these dishes where you have to tell them what you want. And because we don't speak English, we're trying to like figure out what's on the menu, the things that they're pointing at us. And it seemed like it was around the close of their lunch hour. So they were trying to put things that nobody wanted. Like we kept, they were just like, you want this? You want this? You want this? And they're putting it on a plate. No, we don't like that. What's in it? And it's just like this super stressful thing. And the people on our table were trying to order and they didn't, some people didn't eat pork. Some people didn't whatever. And I was just like, <laughs> enjoy the fellowship. Anyway, I had that kind of like semi-scarring experience of dim sum. Anyway, when we hear this opportunity for our church to move into Chinatown, I was just like, why Chinatown? And then, but then afterwards, God spoke to me. I looked up, um, oh, actually before that, at my job, I also do a video production. I, I do video projection, and my boss, he was speaking, he was talking to me one day, and he said, oh, you know, so what kind of projects are you doing? Creative projects on my own, not a part of work. And I was saying, oh, you know, our church is thinking about moving locations to Chinatown, and, you know, he knows Chinatown is like the ghetto, so he was like, oh, okay. And I said, part of the projects that I need to do for our church is make a video telling our church, this is where you park, this is why it's safe, this is why we can move to Chinatown, hear the word of the Lord, and it'll work out. <laughs> and so I had that project, and I was telling him about it, and he goes, oh, and you have to understand, I work for a company, and this company was a God opportunity. I graduated with creative media a while back. I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, but it was a very long time ago. And I've been wanting to work in the creative field for over seven, eight years. But God didn't open a door for me because of various reasons. And so I did other things. But then this door for this particular job opened up, and I loved it. I just felt like this is what God has called me to do. And I was just working at it and learning skills and everything, and... 
And my boss is a Christian. And I said, you know, to work for a media job on island for a Christian, that's a God thing. Another thing is he happens to probably, in my opinion, the best there is. So I wanted to learn from him. And he has the best equipment and everything. And he asked me when he was asking about that church project, he said, well, can I help you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, not expecting. And he started to tell me that, you know what? He wants to invest in our church, invest in me, help us with equipment, do a commercial for our church, whatever. And he was just like, I want to take you and we're going to do an excursion and we're going to go to your place. Meaning I was like, my place is like Chinatown. We're going to go to that building. We're going to scout it out. We're going to take some pictures. And I was like, and this is like, I've been working there for several years. He's never said anything like this to me. And the reason why, another reason why we're moving to this location is during COVID, they are actually the old TBN or the Trinity Broadcasting Network building, fully equipped with media equipment. So I knew in my own heart that that was part of God's calling for our church because that's part of my creative bent. And then so we were like, okay, so we go there. And then right after, he, we, like, I was just like, God, I know you're speaking to us that this is the move for us, that this is where you're leading us. In Chinatown, God. And then he, after we scout out the place, we get some ideas and just the provision. Because our church is a small church. We don't have media equipment. We don't have the things that we need to do to do what we feel God is telling us to do to promote him and the gospel. And my boss just, out of nowhere, kind of, that's the open door. And the provision started coming. And then right after that, he tells me, okay, so after we go for our excursion, he goes, so do you, are you hungry? You want to go for lunch? And I was just like, sure. He goes, do you like dim sum? And I said, God, you're so funny. And I gave him the missionary answer. I said, you know what? I'll eat anything. So we go over dim sum. And he was explaining to me when he goes to different locations, he likes to immerse himself in the place. He likes to walk the streets, get involved in the food and the culture. And I was like, yeah, I know. Lord, if you have called us to Chinatown, I need to learn how to love the culture, the people, the sketchiness, the homeless, all of these things. And I said, God, teach me to love dim sum. And then he, I just looked up what the word dim sum means. It means two hearts. It's usually a small portion food where you usually share over tea with someone else. And he told me, the reason I've called you to Chinatown is not for you and what you like. It's for the other hearts. It's for those that you're called to share the gospel with. And I will empower you through provision. I will empower you through my spirit. I will empower you through open doors. But it's as you are faithful to step into those windows and open your heart and just have this attitude and when God asks you to do anything, it's just like him asking you, do you like dim sum? That little package of mystery meat that you do not know what it is. But if God tells you, that's what I want you to do, he's just asking you, do you like it? And your answer just has to be like Mary, whatever you want, Lord, I'll, I'll take anything. I'll do anything that you want me to do. And you'll be surprised, you'll actually, it'll taste pretty good. It'll be better than you thought, amen? So I just want to pray for us today. And for you, what, I don't know what mission field God has called you on, but we are all a part of the harvest. This is a time of two things, fall season, time for harvest and a time for football. <laughs> Thursday night football, Friday night football, Saturday, Sunday, Monday football, 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 football. And on a football team, America loves football, that we are all called to be on the field, to get in the game. The football is really the glory of God that he is throwing out there and he's looking for people who are willing to catch it, run with it, and bring the touchdown of heaven to earth. And so I just want to pray for us to stir in your spirits. There's nothing more exciting than getting in the game, to doing something for your team, Team Jesus, to scoring goals and to, to getting points for the kingdom of God. And it could just be one yard here, a tackle there, 
you talking to somebody there, blessing somebody there, as long as we're advancing the glory of the Lord, God is wanting to do something, church, and we are in a season of the greatest move of God, and we have to believe that. We are seeing that. God is bringing revival through his Holy Spirit. This is the window where the miraculous is desiring, and it's waiting for a people who are willing to be channels through which it can flow, but it's present. It's there. May we just get connected. May we just continue to, to hunger and thirst after the things of God, and he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful to just, as we just step out and do the work that he's called us to do. So in this moment, as we're just going to sing this last worship song, we're just going to invite you to make an altar, whether you feel like standing, whether you feel like kneeling, coming to the front. And I'm just going to believe God to do something, the Holy Spirit to just come upon you, whether speak a vision to you, to ignite a fire inside of you. If you're desiring the gifts of the Spirit, you know, Gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of faith, prophecy. In our recent meeting at church, we had a midweek prayer and worship night, and God just showed me this river. And he showed me this river, like the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was flowing. And it was a chunky river. I was like, why is it chunky? And flowing in this river were all these gifts. And all these gifts. And he was just looking for empty vessels to pour the gifts into. Pour the gifts into. So... Just have Sugi lead us in worship again. And if that is in your heart, we lift our hearts with our hands and just say, God, I want whatever it is that you want for me. I want your spirit. I want your gifts so that I can be useful for you in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for Kauai Bible Church, Lord, and the call that you have on their lives, Lord. Heavenly Father, we hear what your spirit is saying to the church. And the spirit and the bride just say, come. Come. Come and drink of that river of living water, Father God. I pray refreshing upon these people. I pray that you empower them, Lord Jesus. Strengthen them. Give them strength to endure and overcome. Father God, whatever difficulties, Lord, whatever physical ailments, Lord, emotional things, God, I pray that you just heal them up even here and now, Lord, as they're just in your presence, God. And Father, I thank you for this house and the call that you have on this house, God. Lord, light it up, Father God. Light it up with your power. Light it up with your love. Light it up with joy unspeakable, God, that people would just drive by and say, there's something about this house. There's something about this place. There's something about, they have the presence and the power and the glory of the living God. So Father God, we thank you for just moving here and now, Lord Jesus. We thank you for calling out people who are willing to serve, people who are willing to prophesy in your name, to preach the gospel in their workplace, in their schools, Lord. I pray, Lord, for power. I pray for power of your word. Lord, as they open the scriptures. Lord, you just ignite a fresh fire, Father God, inside of their hearts and their lives, Lord. Help it to extend beyond the walls of this church, Lord, that this is just the holy huddle, God, where they hear your direction, and as they go forth, Lord, you bring fruitfulness, fruitfulness in ways that they've never seen before, God. This is a year of harvest, Father God. We're believing you for breakthrough. We are believing you for unsaved loved ones, strangers, even enemies, Lord, to turn back to you. Prodigals, Lord. Your heart is for people, Lord. Give us a heart for people and your purposes and your power goes with it, Lord. Help us to steward it well in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.